0: Let's remind ourselves about what we read in Acts chapter 2, verses 42 to 47. They're going to appear on the screen, but let me read them out to us before we go any further. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to the fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. Here we see the instruction that Luke unpacked last week. They devoted themselves, made a conscious effort in their walk, their own journey with Jesus. They devoted themselves, that's the believing, to the apostles' teaching. Here we're gonna unpack together today the encouragement to belong. They devoted themselves to the fellowship. We see the imperative to serve one another. They gave and shared and sold their property and gave to everyone in need. We get the call to mission, everyone was filled with awe and wonder at the signs and we see the fruit the multiplication the lord added to their number daily and here's the thing although we've drawn out five individual points and we'll look at them in five different sermons they can't be isolated today we're going to focus on belonging but how we devote ourselves to the family for the longevity to go through all seasons together that's only possible through believing relying on god's strength through service, where we care for for one another well. And then that becomes an invitation to make an impact for others to see. And there we will see our numbers grow. But I've kind of been thinking and praying and wondering about where to take this today, this kind of value of belonging. And we all know what that means, to be part of the church, to serve one another, to be devoted to one another. But kind of what I feel the Spirit is saying today is, church, Let's not play hide and seek, but let's play meet and greet. And if I'm going to have a title today, that is mine. Let's not play hide and seek. It's time to play meet and greet. But thinking about belonging, I want us to ask three questions. Firstly, what are we to do when we are challenged? Secondly, how do we overcome the challenges? And thirdly, what is God asking us to do today to respond and we're gonna think about having a glad and sincere heart towards one another. But the picture painted for us is a group of people who are devoted to one another, who shared life together, who served one another, who shared all their possessions with each other. where no one was in need among them, where needs were known and communicated, the picture is presented of vulnerability, care and dedication. It's mutual care, They shared all things. They shared all things that mattered in common. It was a partnership. They met together with glad and sincere hearts daily in their homes and in the temple. As Luke unpacked last week, it was evident they loved God, they loved the people, and they were on mission together. But I want us to dive a little deeper today. Luke outlines how major life events bring about major change, but I want us to take that one step further and think about change and how change normally comes from a challenge. We see, for the people gathered, Jesus' death, resurrection, and ascension. They were major life events, and that brought about great major change. Pentecost, Holy Spirit, the birth of the church. And I don't think you can separate change from a challenge. So today, church, if we have experienced change, if we have experienced challenge, and if we're going to continue, and if that is inevitable for us in the next season, then we need to ask, how are we to respond when we are challenged? I want us to think about how the people gathered were challenged and what their response was. And to do that, we need to dive a little deeper into Acts chapter two to understand the the kind of the context and the challenge that they faced. How did they handle change and challenge? And it's significant to ask because here we see Peter in the remaining parts of the chapter beforehand bring about a stark challenge. So stark that we read the phrase that was given was the people were cut to the heart Now, that's not some soft sermon that Peter gave. They were challenged and cut to the heart. That phrase that we, potentially, if we were to use that in our language today, then we might be thinking of someone who is heartbroken, deeply, deeply hurt in order to be moved. What sermon Peter gives, he stands up, gives his first ever sermon, and 3,000 people give their lives to Jesus. Quite different to the first sermon that I ever preached where all people, all nations can understand him and they respond. Peter essentially tells the gathered people, the crowds, that they are guilty of Jesus's murder, just two months before. Can you picture the scene? They're there, they're gathered. They were part of the crowd that said, crucify, crucify. You wanted him crucified. He died, but now he's come back to life. Let's read those verses together. They'll appear on the screen. Acts chapter 2, verses 36 to 38. I want us to note together the challenge that Peter gave, their response, and how God dealt with them. Therefore, let all Israel be assured of this God has made this Jesus, who you crucified, both Lord and Messiah. When the people heard this, they were cut to the heart and said to Peter and to the other apostles, Brothers, what shall we do? Peter replied, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Do we pick up together that Peter is accusing them? (laughs) In a loving way, you crucified the Messiah. What are you going to do? Peter says that God extends forgiveness to you how amazing is our God that he gives grace and forgiveness to those who murdered his son and doesn't just stop there he then gives them the gift of the Holy Spirit and that's what he does to us too what's the challenge for us we murdered his son it was our sin that held him there But why are we thinking about this today? What is this significant in the fact that today I'm supposed to be preaching a loving sermon about caring for one another and belonging and being a family? Sometimes we look at this passage in Acts, or maybe it's just me, and we go, wow, that was possible for the early church. That's the church in the honeymoon phase. They hadn't really got started yet, so no wonder they didn't have any problems. And then we go further in Acts to see that, yes, they had their challenges, and we see that. But actually, the church was founded on a major challenge. The church was founded by the Spirit after the greatest challenge given. Peter recalls to the crowds, crucify, crucify, and they were cut to the heart. And how do they react? They repent and they embrace community. And I think that's really significant for us. They could have run and hide. They could have played hide and seek. If that was their response and they were challenged, when things get hard, sometimes that's our default position. If I'm finding things hard, I'm just gonna hide. Or when I'm finding things hard at church, I'm just gonna like kind of withdraw. Or if if I'm living in pain, I'm just gonna isolate myself, see if anyone notices. And we'll go from there. And I find this really hard to see when I see it outplayed in life. But we all do it, don't we? When things are hard, when we're in pain, sometimes we isolate ourselves. You might think that I have an ability to clearly communicate. Well, I hope you do anyway. But when things are hard, I find it hard to share how I'm feeling. And I can actually be quite lost for words. But I'm reminded here that God is quite good at hide and seek. Again, we've talked about it in Genesis chapter three, when Adam and Eve are left hiding, when sin has entered the world, we see kind of God go after them, don't we? He's walking in the garden with them saying, where are you? And then I'm also reminded that um, when Elijah is hiding and running for his life, God appears not in the earthquake, not in the winds, but in the gentle whisper and almost says to Elijah, I found you. What are you doing here? When the crowd is challenged, do they bury and hide their pain and hope that God forgets? God doesn't forget. (laughs) Do they attempt to bargain with God? What do they do? They accept the extraordinary hope that is offered to them. Peter presents the gospel and 3,000 people respond. But then what do they do? Here's what I want us to note today, church. They get plugged in. They've been challenged. They devote themselves to one another. God forgives the killers of his son, and he continues to do that for us today. And he gives them a gift of his Holy Spirit, an advocate and a helper, and he gives them the gift of the church. The church is supposed to be a gift. Luke said it before, but the promise of the church is greater than the problems Of the church. Major life events bring about major change. Change is challenging, but how are we supposed to respond to change? We are to repent and embrace one another. We are to find a community to devote ourselves to, to belong in. I want to suggest this morning that the context to explore challenge and change with is always community. But Zoe, you you might be saying this morning, if the context to explore challenge and change with is community, what happens when I find myself so challenged by the community I am in? We are going to rub each other up the wrong way. Part of our value of belonging here is we want people to be known, truly known, so that their needs are known and collectively not just a pastoral care team, we each serve and meet the needs of others. We want people to be known, our needs known, so that we can respond to serve. But that's going to provide practical challenges, isn't it? We're presented here in Acts chapter 2 with big church, with explosive growth. And how does our vision for people to be known, where needs are known, so we can serve one another, Work in a large, growing setting. But I want us to say, take hope this morning. It is possible. We see a church of 3,000 where all types of people are gathered, where all types of languages are spoken, that people are new every single day. (laughs) They meet as a large gathering. They continue to meet together in the temple. And then they meet in smaller groups. They break bread together in their homes and they ate together. There's something about hosting that makes people known. We've talked about it before. I've preached about it before. The Greek word of hospitality is actually love for the stranger. We are to use our homes as a way to get to know people. We want to, we long to see our neighbors or those who are strangers become neighbors and neighbors enter into the family of God. We are to gather collectively To be known, and how do you do that? We have to meet in small groups. You have to kind of be part of a life group to know what's going on in people's life and to be known by a few. But then we are together, together, too. And here's the thing. Everyone was new once. Every friend you have today, every person in your life was new once. How are we to embrace Belonging, how are we to belong in the first place? We are to be devoted to one another. I want us to think how are we to feel in relation to the church? We read that they met together with glad and sincere hearts. So, church, let me ask you this morning how are you feeling towards the church? How do you feel about regathering as a family? Are you part of a life group at the moment? Are you doing life with a small group of people? Perhaps you've had changes to your life group that you're working through. Is your heart glad and sincere towards meeting together? And I want to suggest this morning that if your response is not of gladness and sincerity, then I think the Holy Spirit is beginning to ask you, how are you to respond to the challenge? And we've been here before, remember? You're challenged, we are to embrace community. Will you respond like the people in Acts repent and embrace community? What does your heart reveal about your relationship with the church right now? And why is that significant? Because our relationship with others reveals a lot about our relationship with God. We can't separate our walk with God and our walk with others. Notice how the early church were both devoted to the apostles' teaching and devoted to the fellowship. You can't separate the two of them. To belong, we must love in action. We must actively choose to commit to one another through all seasons of life, focusing on what unites us. Christ's love for us and the commission he gives us to go, not what divides us. I want to read some verses that Paul brings as a challenge in Romans chapter 12, verses 9 to 18. And I want to read it because I think it echoes this passage in Acts, the call to live at peace with one another and to be devoted to the family. We're just going to read it and then think about what it might mean for us as we think about how we're going to respond. Love must be sincere. Hate what is evil. Cling to what is good. Be devoted to one another in love. Honour one another above yourselves. Never be lacking in zeal, but keep your spiritual further, serving the Lord. Be joyful in hope, patient in affliction, and faithful in prayer. Share with the Lord's people who are in need. Practice hospitality. Bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse. Rejoice with those who rejoice. Mourn with those who mourn. Live in harmony with one another. Do not be proud, but be willing to associate with people of low position. Do not be conceited. Do not repay anyone evil for evil. Be careful to do what is right in the eyes of everyone. And if it is possible, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. How do we belong in this family? We are to love sincerely. We are to serve one another. We are to be devoted. We are to share with the Lord's people in need. We are to pursue and seek out hospitality. We rejoice together when we're rejoicing. We mourn together when those amongst us are mourning. We are to live at peace with one another. Belonging is a partnership. It requires action. It requires relationship in the first place. It requires on acting upon the challenges that we have and how do we respond to a challenge. We, get in, we repent and we embrace community. What I want you to hear this morning, it's good to question, but God's desire in our questioning is to never leave us undone. We believe the best is yet to come, and we uh, focus on vision to close the gap on where we are and where we want to be. And that requires us to take a step. I think of the imagery when you're on a train and the conductor calls, mind the gap between the train and the platform when you leave this carriage. Where are we now? Where do we want to be? But what can we learn from the early church about belonging? It requires devotion and intention. Devotion requires saying no to other things. The church was birthed as a gift, and it was given to us as a gift to work out what we do when we are challenged. The place to work out change is community. Yes, this is challenging, but the promise of the church is greater than the problems of the church. It's possible to belong in a place where we are seeing growth, where we see new faces. We should be excited and expectant when changes happen in our life group to make room for those who are new. What do we see in Acts? There's a place at the table for everyone and a temple to send them to. At the moment, I keep returning to the word that God gave me in March where as I was praying about how do our belonging and our impacting, how does our pastoral care and mission and our homes and the church work together. And I felt God say, let hope become a hospital and our hearts become the triage. Let me say that again. Let hope become a hospital and our homes become the triage unit. May this place be a place where people are known and may our homes always have space for others. May there be a place at the table and the temple to send them to. My favorite thing about the new flat that I've lived in for two weeks now is the benches that I have bought for my dining room table. I got the keys to my flat in April, but I bought these benches last September. And why did I buy benches? It's so I can physically fit as many people as possible around my table. And this morning, I wonder if God is saying to us today, We need to make room because the best is yet to come. What does buying a bench look like today? Make room, benches over chairs, extendable tables, adaptable living rooms, and an open front door. What does buying a bench look like for us as a church today, I wonder? What is our practical response to this today? What is God calling you to do in order to belong in this place? Is that committing to a life group? Is that being a peacemaker where you make a ch- have a challenging conversation in order to live at peace with one another? Perhaps he's calling you to stop running and hiding and having a vulnerable conversation that you've been avoiding. Vulnerability makes us known. Perhaps he's calling you to embrace the new, to get to know someone in the church who is new that you don't know yet. But I want to finish this morning by sharing or illustrating a group of people that I want to pray for today. And this week, as I've been thinking and praying and processing and preparing for this morning, I felt God say, you don't have to be strong. I want you to be a person of strength. There's a difference. And I was reminded of a story About my dad. As I was growing up, when I was in primary school, my dad was injured by a cow. I'm sure I've told this story quite before because it's quite a dramatic story and everyone loves a dramatic story. But he was kicked by a cow and as a result, propelled against a concrete wall. And he didn't get medical help straight away. He kind of worked through the pain or he thought he was working through the pain. And he carried this injury around until it got worse. And one day, he lost all movement from his waist down. And at that point, my mum won the argument and he went to see medical help. He went to hospital and he sought help. And it was at this point he discovered he had a slip disc very high up in his spine and it needed, like, emergency operating on. And incredibly, as I've shared this story before, my dad was miraculously healed. But I feel these two words come together. Let hope become a hospital and our homes become the triage unit. You don't have to be strong. I want you to be a person of strength. There's a difference. For whoever needs to hear it this morning, or maybe it's just me, it's okay to ask for help. We are designed to need the church. We were made to belong somewhere. We are image bearers by origin looking for people to identify with. So stop fighting it. You don't have to have three cold showers in your new flat because you don't want to ask for help or admit you can't understand how to use the boiler. I've done it. Don't don't run the race independently. Let him clothe you with strength, his strength. Rely on him, lean on him and others. Church, don't play hide and seek. It's time to play meet and greet. I'd love to pray for us. Let's ask the band to to come up. And for those of you who need to also hear it today, you belong here. Church, I'm here to serve you for the next three years, thinking about ways that we're going to belong in this place and make an impact. And I'm here to serve wholeheartedly, I believe that the best is yet to come. But it is a partnership, it is a two way thing. And I want to pray into some of those things we've talked about today. And I want to ask each one of you at home or whether here today, what is the step that you are going to take to close the gap? Feel like we might be on a platform edge and we need to work out if we're in. And I want us today to wait on God for him to renew his strength. We don't have to be strong people. He wants us to be a person of strength instead. I'm going to pray. Father God, we thank you this morning for your church and the gift that it is. We thank you that you believe and affirm and champion your church. And Lord, we're sorry for the times that we haven't championed your church, where we've given up on your church. We've been discouraged by your church. And today, Lord, if we feel challenged, then I pray that we would know that it is done in your love. How do you want us to respond today, Lord, we ask? Would we not be left undone? Lord, would your spirit do what only your spirit can do, reveal, transform and ultimately make us whole? We pray that for our own lives and for the life of the church. Father, would you help us to to take a practical step to close the gap? Help us find ways to buy benches, to make room, to make space, to foster a culture of belonging in this place. And Lord, I want to pray for that word I feel that you gave me today. You don't have to be strong. I want you to be a person of strength. I pray this morning that we would humble ourselves under your care and the care of others Would our hope be centered on you today, Lord? Would you renew our strength? Father, would you build your church? Would you build it from the ground up, we pray? Would the church soar again? In Jesus' name, amen.